Nehemiah, uh, chapter 8, and reading from verse 1. Nehemiah, chapter 8, and reading from verse 1. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns and all the people assembled as one man in the square before the water gate, they told Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought to the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon, and he faced a square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women and others who could understand. And the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Behind him on his right stood Matahiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilakiah, and Masiah. And on his left were Padiah, Mishel, Malachi, Masham, Hashbaniah, Zachariah, and Meshalam. Ezra opened the book and all the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Shuhiah, Baniah, Sherebaniah, Jamin, Akabab, Azarab, Johab, and Haran instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. And Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, and the scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some of those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a sacred day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. On the second day of the month, the heads of the family, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered round Ezra the scribe to give attention to the words of the law. They found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded through Moses, that the Israelites were to live in booths during the feast of the seventh month, and that they should proclaim the word and spread it throughout their towns and in Jerusalem. Go into the hill country and bring back branches and olives and wild olive trees, and from myrtles, palms and shade trees to make booths as it is written. So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves booths on their own roofs in the courtyards, in the courthouses, and in the square of the water gates and by one of the gates of the Eparam. The whole company had then, had then returned from exile, built booths, and lived in them. From the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this, and their joy was very great. Day after day, from the first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law of God. They celebrated the feast for seven days, and on the eighth day, in accordance with the regulation, there was an assembly. Let's pray that God will bless this word to us this morning. 
Father God, we thank you that we can read your word. We thank you that we can listen to it. We thank you that we can take it into our hearts. And we pray that this morning, as we look into your word, that you would speak to us. That you would open up our hearts and minds to hear what you would have to say to us. Speak to us, we pray, through the power of your Holy Spirit, working in each one of us. And in Jesus' name, amen. This morning we, uh, we're coming to the final uh, sermon in this series that we're calling Just uh, Another Brick in the Wall. Uh, just a quick recap, we began in, in chapter one some uh, four or five weeks ago now when uh, Nehemiah was receiving the vision from God. And uh, you'll remember that a vision we said begins as a concern, it's born out of prayer and it may not always require immediate action. And then we saw how Nehemiah went about releasing the vision, how he uh, travelled to Jerusalem and how he inspected the walls, and then how he, he was getting the timing right, and that we said was about praying. He was getting the telling right, and we, that we said was about planning. And he was getting the glory right, and that was about praising. And then we saw that uh, uh, a vision is not without uh, opposition, and uh, we looked at rec- recognising the opposition And we said that opposition is uh, inevitable, that it's indispensable. Uh, They said that prayer is indispensable, that discouragement is understandable, that unity is desirable, that sacrifice is inescapable, and that God is unbeatable. And then last week, uh, we were looking at realizing the vision. And uh, we saw the importance of not getting distracted, of finishing what you've started, and of always giving the God the glory. And uh, this week, as we uh, continue uh, and conclude our series in Nehemiah, uh, we're thinking about how Nehemiah was concerned with reviving the people. Reviving the people. You remember that the walls were now complete, and so far in the book of Nehemiah, we've been uh, concentrating all about the walls, and the walls were completed uh, within just 52 days. And uh, in a sense, it was job done. Uh, That's what Nehemiah had come to do. He'd heard the news about the the walls that were in disrepair. He'd come back, he'd rallied the people, they'd gathered around him, and they had uh, completed the building work. But the vision wasn't completed. The vision wasn't complete until the people uh, were revived. And... uh, the first thing that we notice in, uh, in, in Nehemiah chapter 8 is that there was a renewed interest in God's word. There was a new, renewed interest in the word of God. It was uh, the people uh, that said to Ezra, Ezra just appears here, but if you were to look back, Ezra and Nehemiah were companions. They were uh, prophets at the same time, and if you looked in, in, in the book of Ezra, you'd, you'd see mention of the fact that he, he travelled to Jerusalem uh, to join Nehemiah. And you'll notice that it was the people that told Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses. There was this renewed interest in God's word. They told Ezra, the prophet, to, to bring out the book of the law and to read it to them. And uh, that's what Ezra did. 
He read it to them, and as we were saying earlier, he read it aloud from daybreak till noon. From daybreak till noon. What time's daybreak? About uh, five, six o'clock. So uh, he read the law to them for about six hours. And, uh, and they stood uh, as he was reading the law to them. Imagine that. Uh, sometimes people uh, get a little bit upset, you know, if the preacher goes on uh, past uh, 20 minutes, don't they? Came across a story of, uh, of a woman that came up to the preacher uh, after the service and said, and said, I hope you don't take it personally, Reverend, that uh, my husband uh, walked out during your sermon. The preacher said, well, I did find it, find it rather disconcerning. Uh, the woman said, well, it's no reflection on you, sir. Uh, Ralph, my husband, often uh, walks in his sleep. <laughs> A renewed interest in the word of God. And of course, that's what we want to do. We want people to find a renewed interest in God's words. We are uh, continually encouraging people to read God's word. God's word is the main way in which God speaks to us. Hands up this morning uh, if God has spoken to you as you are reading the word on any occasion. If you've experienced a a real sense that it was God speaking to you you as you read God's word. Just look around, lots of people as, as they've read God's word have experienced God speaking to them. And that's probably uh, the way that God most speaks to us through his word. So if we want God to speak to us, what do we have to do? We have to have that renewed interest in God's word. Uh, at least once a year, uh, you know, we encourage people to get into uh, Bible studies groups to, to, to gather around God's word. And of course, those Bible study groups uh, continue meeting during uh, the year. Most of them will be taking a break for the summer. Uh, but again, I would say it again and again. If you're not in a small group for Bible study, uh, I would encourage you to get into a small group Bible study. Because not only does God speak to us as we read the word individually... But as we gather around God's word, very often God speaks to us as a group, as a community of people. And that is our experience. Uh, Statistics are always telling us that fewer and fewer people uh, read God's word on a daily basis. We know that we don't live, we we live in what's often called a a non-book culture, culture, where people no longer uh, read. They look on the internet, they listen, uh, they watch television. And we need to encourage people uh, on a daily basis to be reading God's word. We need to, to, like the people in Nehemiah's time, to find a renewed interest in God's word. Because God will speak to us. I can guarantee that if you get into that habit of reading God's word on a daily basis, that you will find God speaking to you. Very often, uh, you know, uh, people say, you know, well... I don't understand how does God speak to us. And it is through his word. He speaks to us through other ways. He speaks to us through other people. Uh, He speaks to us through circumstances. He speaks to us through situations. But more often than not, God will speak to us directly through his word. And you know when God's speaking to you, don't you? Because you're reading and suddenly your heart starts beating faster. And it's like a there's a physical experience, isn't it? And you know... In your heart that God is speaking to you. It might be directly related to your circumstances and situation. And you'll say, this word was directly for me. And when that happens, 
Can I encourage you to tell somebody to encourage them? To share that. You know, to, to be saying that God's really spoke to me. Because that will encourage other people to get into God's word. If you're sharing that you're reading God's word and God really spoke to you and you're excited about it, uh, then other people will get excited. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be great if people, you know, when we open the Bible, uh, instead of a few yawns or people falling asleep, people suddenly, did you notice that they said that the people listened attentively to the book of the law. And you think, what, after four, five, six hours, they're still paying attention to Ezra, uh, reading the law of Moses to them? Well, yes. Because obviously, it was something that had been neglected. Remember, Nehemiah speaking at a time when the Israelites were in exile. And they were returning to Jerusalem. And uh, maybe uh, the reading of God's law hadn't been happening, hadn't been taking place. The people had got out of the habit. And it's so easy, isn't it, to get out of the habit of reading God's word. So easy. Much harder to get back into that habit. But it's a good habit to get into. A renewed interest in the word of God is the first thing that I noticed. But notice that that leads to something. When God's word is opened and there's this renewed interest and the people are excited and standing to attention as the word is read, notice that that leads to a renewed response in the worship of God. The reading of God's word leads to a new response in the worship of God. People responded to what they heard uh, in worship. We read that uh, Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen, exclamation mark. And of course, you know, very often, you know, we just mumble Amen at the end of a prayer because that's what we're expected to do. But actually, when people said Amen, what they were saying is, I agree with what's been prayed or what's been read. They're saying we are in agreement. And from the exclamation mark, it sounds like they shouted out at the top of their voices, Amen! Um, You know, we miss Edmund, don't we? Uh, Because very often, you know, when you were preaching, he would would give an Amen! Uh, And of course, what he was doing, as well as encouraging the person preaching, is he was saying, I'm in agreement with this. Uh, lots of words that we can use when we're not in agreement uh, with what the preacher's saying. But amen is the way in which the people uh, responded. So there was a response uh, to the word of God being read. And then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Uh, they recognized that they were in the presence of God. And it talks about the fact that they were they were weeping. As God's word was read, it really touched their hearts. Um, And when we read God's word, very often it it leads us into the presence of God, which leads us into repentance. I came across this rather nice little story that I'll share with you. A man volunteered to paint the church steeple. And uh, with great difficulty, he hoisted himself up into the steeple with a can of paint and a bottle of water. After painting half the steeple, the man realised that he was running out of paint. So he added some water to the paint. He was almost at the top, and when he realised he needed more paint to finish, uh, he added more water to the paint. And he thought to himself, well, no one will ever know. No one will ever know. When he's finishing painting, he began to lower himself off the steeple. Just then, 
The skies darkened. A loud clap of thunder was heard, and a deep voice from above said, Repaint, repaint, and thin no more. (laughs) The reading of God's word uh, touched people's hearts and led them to repentance. Uh, Brought tears to their eyes. Those of you at the wedding yesterday, you know, uh, Billy, as he was saying some of the vows, he got quite emotional and uh, and quite tearful. And there are moments, aren't there, when our hearts are touched so much uh, that we are brought to tears. And uh, that's what can happen uh, when we read God's word. There is this uh, renewed response uh, in worship to God. And... Uh, Sometimes, of course, we don't expect a response, do we? Sometimes we don't expect anything to happen. But when we come into the presence of God, when we recognize that God is here with us, uh, our response is is to worship God. And uh, we read that the people were were tearful, that they fell down on their knees, uh, all in response to hearing God's word being read to them. Uh, There was a recognition that God was present in the reading of his word. So there was a a renewed uh, interest in in the word of God. There was a renewed response in the worship of God. And then thirdly, there was uh, a renewed understanding in the work of God. A renewed understanding in the work of God. Can you see how these things follow? Uh, That they opened up God's word and uh, they understood what was being read to them, and their response was uh, to worship God, to fall on their knees, to repent, repent, not repent, uh, to to repent and and, and to seek God's forgiveness. But then there was uh, a renewed understanding in the work of God, in in what they were supposed to be doing. And uh, we read in the latter part of uh, of chapter chapter 8, uh, we read that all the families gathered around Ezra the scribe to give attention to the word. It's there again, to give attention to the word of the law. And they found written in the law that the Israelites were to live in booths during the feast of the seventh month. Go out into the hill country and bring back branches from, from olive and wild olive trees, from myrtle palms and shade trees to make booths as it is written. What a fantastic thing to discover. You know, when we, when we read God's word, uh, we discover what it is we're supposed to be doing. And what did they discover? That the commandment was that they were to make booths. Well, I tell you, I've been doing my best at that over, over some years. I've been, uh... but the interesting thing is it was through reading God's word and through responding in worship that they suddenly get a new vision about what it is they're supposed to be doing. They rediscover something that it seems would have been, has been lost. And uh, if you want to know, if you didn't know, there's actually a thing called a festival of booths. And that's not just, just when we uh, have a, a party at our house. It's in Leviticus 23. It says, live in booths for seven days that your descendants will know that I made the Israelites live in booths when, they were, when I brought them out of Egypt. And you can read all about that festival of booths in Leviticus 23 if you want to do uh, a little bit of reading this afternoon. Uh, 
Sometimes the book of Leviticus does send people to sleep. But it's, there's interesting stuff in there. Uh, and not least the festival of booze. But they rediscovered uh, that this was what they were meant to be doing. And, uh, and that's what they did. They went out and they, uh, and they, uh, and they built these booths and, uh, and there was a rediscovery in the work of God. And that's of course what we hope will happen as we, as we read God's word, as we respond in worship, that we are envisioned in the mission that God has given us. And it's interesting uh, to read again that uh, part of that mission for the people there was that they should proclaim the word and spread it throughout their towns in Jerusalem. That having heard the word, that they were to go out and share what they had heard with other people. Let's be honest, it's something that we're not very good at doing in church, is it? Something that we find difficult to do. Uh, None of us find it easy, do we, to share our faith uh, but this is part of our mission. This is part of the vision that God has given us to be his people in this place. To hear God's word and to respond to it. And then to actually go out and to share God's word with other people. And let me challenge you this week to, to try and find opportunities to share something of God's word. We won't find opportunities to share God's word unless we are looking for those opportunities. The other week at the uh, the prayer meeting, let me give a, a big, you know, uh, encouragement not only to get into into Bible studies but to come to the church prayer meeting because we had an absolutely fantastic prayer meeting uh, the other Thursday night. And we actually went out into the community. We didn't just sit in the <clears throat> in the coffee lounge and pray. We actually went out. And the thing that, uh, that the challenge that we were given was to find people to pray for as we went out. And you could see the people, as, uh, as, as Marilyn was saying this, you could see the fear suddenly come on people's faces. You know, we thought we'd come to a nice quiet prayer meeting where it's safe and we can just maybe say the odd little prayer. And suddenly we were being challenged to go out into our community and pray for the people that we came across. And it was fantastic, not only to do that, but to come back and then to tell the stories about the fact that we'd seen people. And we didn't go up to them and actually pray with them, but we kind of prayed for them. And uh, maybe got into conversation with them and said, you know, God bless you. Uh, it just so happens that my two daughters were walking down the road and, uh, and were prayed for by several people, which I was very pleased about. But it was just great to actually go out and do what we're supposed to be doing. And it was, in a sense, it was like in the, in, in the story here, the people had read the word and suddenly it was like, hey, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be making these booths and remembering the fact that, uh, that God has led his people out of Egypt, that he doesn't abandon us. And as we read the law, we're supposed to go out and tell other people. And hey, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to share the good news, the commandment, uh, that Jesus gave the disciples as he was leaving them uh, was to go out into all the world and to make disciples. Well, we are to go out into our world and to make disciples. And so just as that challenge in the prayer meeting, I give you that same challenge. You know, look for opportunities this week where you can share something of God's word with people, where you can bring God into the conversation, where you can offer to pray for people. And let you tell me, most people, 
Most people, when you offer to pray for them, they might not want to for you to actually pray with them there and then because that might be embarrassing. You know, if you're, if you're at the coffee machine at work or if you're in Asda or wherever and you start kind of praying for them, that might be a bit embarrassing. But if you say to them, would you like me to pray for you? Um, I've never had somebody say no. Uh, in any situation, most people are very glad to think that God's people are praying for them. So look for opportunities this week to share something of God's word, uh, to offer to pray with people. And uh, just be encouraged by the fact that, uh, you know, there was this renewed understanding in the work of God. And that's what we're about in this, trying to uh, remind ourselves and call ourselves around the vision that God has given us. Uh, that there will be a renewed understanding in what we are about. And again, let me give a plug for the Alpha course. You know, we, we ran an Alpha course last year and, and resulted in two baptisms, which was great. And we'll be doing it again in September. So do be thinking over these, uh, you know, in the month of August about who you can be inviting. Be praying and even start to, to mention to people, uh, you know, that we're running an Alpha course. And I would just encourage you, uh, to invite people. Maybe you've asked someone before and they've said no. There's no harm in asking them again. If you say no, that's fine. Uh, but just ask the question. Because this is what we're about. We want to bring people uh, to faith in Jesus Christ. Um, the work that God has given us is to bring people to faith and to make disciples. So we see in this, uh, in this final uh, sermon on the series in Nehemiah. Uh, as as they were reviving the people, it involved a, a renewed interest in the word of God. There was a renewed interest. The people wanted to hear what God had to say for to them through the reading of God's word. Uh, there was a, a renewed response in the worship of God. People responded to what they heard. Their hearts were touched and they responded to God's word. And then there was a renewed understanding in the work that God had given them to do. And God has given us a great work. There is a great work for us to do here in this place. And uh, we're called to do that work.